preach the next four weeks a series about people who challenge. I think everyone has some friendship they are challenging, right? And I think uh, I choose the title of people who challenge is better than saying my wife is challenging me or my husband is challenging me or my kids, that's not friendly. But people who challenge me, it's, it's very friendly, right? That's why let's talk about people who challenge. And there are some healthy relationships in our lives, right? And, but also some unhealthy relationships in our lives. People said we need relationships because they are a blessing from God in your journey. Because sometimes you go into high season, then you need people that celebrate with you because to celebrate the victory alone, it's boring, right? You need people that celebrate the victories with you, but when you're struggling, when you're going to rough seasons, you need people that support and help you. Because the Bible says two are better than one, especially when you're struggling, when you're falling. Somebody said, uh, when you are in a room, every third person is weird. Just count for a moment where you sit to one, two, three. It can be your wife sits next to you, whatever. But one, two, three means, oh my gosh, it's closer than I thought, right? Or another people, they say, in every family is at least one person weird. If you cannot find out who is the weird person, then it's always you, right? So I'm going to talk about Friends, they are healthy and they're helping you in all the areas you're walking with God. Are you ready? The two ways how, you, how people, you have to help people. The point number one is in relief. We help people immediately and temporary in assistance. Sometimes your best friends, they're doing weird things. I have a friend of mine, he had an affair, it's not smart. It's not smart, no. The wife, she figured, figured it out and she kicked him out of the house. And she phoned a friend of mine and he asked me, hey, can, can, I, can, you, have, can you stay in someone's house? And no one of our friends would say, go to the camping ground. It's not my problem. In those moments, even though if your best friend is making a major mistake, you open up your house because he needs you in that moment. And my best friend, he said, come live with me. And he said, you can stay for two weeks until you have figured out all your issues and then you have to find your own solution. And this is at the heartbeat of God in moments where you have a need, whatever happens, we are here to help people right now. For example, in Germany, a year ago, they had a the big flood. Here's a picture. And many people died. A lot of people, they lost their homes and houses. And this is a good explanation. A lot of people, they gave money. They went and drove there to help. This is what we do. For example, when the war break up in Russia, you know what they're talking about. A lot of people, they had to run out of the nation. And everyone was opening up their homes. They, we brought sleeping bags, food and money and all those things. Because in that moment, if you are in that position, you need people with a heart of, the, of God and you help them just in that moment, right? I will say this, the most easy thing, uh, how to help people because it's a lot of energy and money. But then you think, ah, in two weeks, the solution, the problem is solved. This is how we think. But what if something goes longer? This is we don't feel comfortable. That's right. The second way to help people is to restoration. That means working with people to restore them to their God-given calling. 
And restoration means if a person is struggling in one area. Think for a moment, when a person got saved, they comes with a baggage of old lifestyle, sexuality, money, and how they treat and handle the family. When they got saved, all their sins are forgiven in one second. Isn't that cool? All your sins are forgiven. What's about the lifestyle? What's about the character? That's another story. Their relationship starts, means it's a very long process to help people to getting fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And that means that's a lot of work. Immediately help, easy. But restoration means, oh my gosh, it's sometimes super slow. Especially when it comes to your wife or to your husband or you to your kids, amen? That means it takes sometimes time. And a very good story you can find uh, in the Bible, in the, old, in the book of Acts, and I want to read this scripture a little bit longer, and you can find uh, a lot of uh, principle in that story, in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into temple courts. That means that guy had a need, had a problem, and he needed people who helped him to bring him to the temple. And a lot of people, they don't understand, there were three areas where a beggar can earn money. First of all, you go into a marketplace where the woman, they buy some food because women, they buy foods, they're always generous. It's just a fact, sorry. Or you go into a place where a lot of rich people live and you know exactly they're also generous or you're going to a temple. And the reason is when the Pharisees, they come out from the temple, they give to the people, they beg money so that everyone can see they are very, very generous. That's why Jesus said, when you give, the left hand should not know what the right hand is giving. This was in the context of a beggar. And that guy was a professional in earning money in begging. Verse number three. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. The beggar had a problem. I need support my whole entire life. My life was depending on people that have a good heart. Verse four and five. Peter looked straight at him, and this is how mercy works. People who have mercy, they look into people's eye. And did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. Because he was used his whole life, what he asked, people gave him. What he wanted, people gave him. And here's the point, mercy means, Peter and John, they looked in his eyes and you asked the question at that moment, if a person in need, you ask the question, Holy Spirit, how can I help? Because sometimes you don't help and you help because, yeah, right? Sometimes you don't help and that means you help people. If you always give your kids what they want, oh my gosh, that's not smart. Is there anyone, do you know what I'm talking about? You not always give your kids what they want, but what they need. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And do you know how the people, the beggar was able to walk? Only one reason, he had to make an action step. 
you giggles to say, no, 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 I, I, I don't want to walk because I feel comfortable of begging. Begging means I don't have to set the alarm clock. I don't have to worry about my budget. I don't have a house. I don't have a wife. The beggar could say, no, 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 no. I stay in that position. Healing takes place when you're going to action. And Peter gave him not what he want, what he needed. And now comes the most exciting Bible verse which we all love in the church in verse 7 to 8. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instead, instantly, the man's feet and ankle became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with feet into the temple's court, walking and jumping and praising God. Isn't that amazing? We have a God who heals, a God who still is able to restore and heal. And let's give God for that the biggest round of applause because God is still able. So there's a reason, there's a reason why I ask you to, to give a round of applause because when we hear about the healing, that's the moment we, we're freaking out and we are so pumped because we know God is a healer and God can heal immediately. But nobody thinks about the game change that takes place in the, in the beggar's life. Because the moment when he could walk, he had some challenges. Because from now on, he could not beg for money anymore. From now on, he had to work. He had to apply for a work, for a job. From now on, he had to buy an apartment. From now on, he had to clean the apartment. From now on, he had to cook by himself. His whole entire life was changing in one second. It's the same thing when you get saved in one moment. It means your whole entire lifestyle is still a mess, right? And that's the moment when you need discipleship. That's the moment when you need a small group or a microchurch, when you need people in your life, they're helping you along your journey to become in every single area a super strong believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And that's a lot of work. I wanna repeat, that's a lot of work. And that change sometimes Go so super slow. Do you know, know people in your area that their growth is slow? Hands up. Do you know some people? I don't talk about you. Some people you know. And that's the point because restoration, dear friends, it's a lot of work and a lot of energy. And sometimes people, they say, I don't like it. I had a guy this morning who said to me, I don't, I don't want to help people. I don't like to help people in their journey. I, I don't want to help people. It was a guy from Germany. I don't want to help people. He said, what's wrong with you? When you are in need, you need also someone. And we are called from God Almighty to help people along our journey. And here is my advice. When you think about your own life, maybe you have a lot of areas where you need to change. And they say, like in the New Year's party, People often make a, a war or a decisions. I want to get rid of, of, of a porn addiction or alcohol addiction, whatever. And they're often taking a huge challenge. And the problem is often after one week, you get so frustrated and you give up. You say, oh my gosh, I cannot do it. Psychological people, they say, the change happens when you take the smallest change in your life. Something you say, I can change that so easily. 
Why is this so important? Because when you change something, what is so easily, it creates in your brain um, a feeling that gives you the feeling, I can do it. I am an overcomer. If I can handle that challenge, I can handle every challenge. And this gives the, the belief and the faith, I can change my whole entire life. That's why always start with something small who gives you the feeling, I am a winner. Do you get that point? It's very, very important. Otherwise, you get super frustrated. A good example is it's myself. Many, many years ago, when we started our English celebration, and I have Asi here and also some other people, my English was, in the beginning, five years ago, without the Holy Spirit, you had no chance to understand my message. Right? It's true. And people said, why are you doing that? I said, look, my goal is I want to improve every week one sentence English better than a week before. And I get feedback every week, three sentences or three words, how, how can I improve? That means if you're doing this, you're you, you increasing step by step, and after years, all of a sudden, you say, oh my gosh, your English is amazing, and I still need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I just want to encourage you. The process of restoration sometimes is slower than you think. And now here's the challenge, when, when you are in a relationship with people, you are in a triangle of friendship. And I want to explain you this triangle, because in the triangle you have some people, for example, they are, have the victim mentality, they will say, this is happening to me. In all your areas of your friends, you have some people, they are victims. Do you know some people are victims? They say, oh, it's not my fault. My daddy, he doesn't believe me, and I'm not stupid. I'm, not, I'm stupid, I'm small, I'm not educated, I'm not gifted. They complain all the time. They are good in complaining and say, uh -uh, it's not my fault. I'm growing up in the wrong family, in the wrong nation. I'm in the wrong church. It's, it's always not their fault. They're victims. And victims people, they can explain you in all the reasons why the life is in a mess. But they're also real people, they have real victims. Real victims means some people, they are, have been abused sexuality, sexual, sexual. And I don't talk about those people. I speak more about a mindset of, uh, uh, it's not my fault. If, if, if I could do it better, I will do this and this. But in the victim mentality, there are also some drama queens and drama kings. Do you know some drama queens? There are some whole nations that are drama. <laughs> drama people means they're so loud, they can make out of a small thing a big thing, and they're always so loud. And it means it's impossible in the COVID, they will say, everyone will die because of COVID, it's extreme, and COVID is the reason, they are so loud. Even Swiss people can be drama kings and drama queens, yes. But also people, they always talk so loud and so wild. This is just one third of the people, they are victim people. The second group is a persecutor. They will say, hey, it's all your fault. Those people, they have the most beautiful finger. They always point the finger straight at you and say, that's your mistake. If I will do, I will do it better. I could do better. I am smarter. You are stupid. Uh, they're criticizing you all the time. Do you know some people in your life? It can be your mom, your dad, your friend, whatever. They're criticizing everything in your life. And to be quite honest, to hang around those people, it's not fun. 
It's not fun because they always know things better what they do. And then on this hand, they are the rescuer. They say, I need to save other people. They love, they're like a saving a rescue boat. They will rescue even though if you don't ask for help. They love to just help people. They teach you even though if you're not asked, ask for a teaching. They will coach you even then if you're not asked for a coaching. And this is very dynamic. In your friendship, you have some victims, people, the persecuted, also the rescuer. And the victim people will say, the rescues, you always need people. The rescue will say, at least I have people. The victim will say, you know everything better, but you do not anything. And the guy says, at least I am very successful. And this triangle is very, very dynamic. And here's the point, this is an unhealthy relationship. And all of us, when you think about your family for a moment, up your mom, your dad, your friends, your pastor, whatever, they are somewhere in that circle. Hey, I'm, I'm, I love to rescue people because all the pastors, they love to rescue people, right? That's our job. And at the moment, we have a lot of kids in our church. And when I speak about the parents, they complain. The kids are not sleeping good and they're getting tired and they never ask me for advice. But I have two kids, I'm a pro. So, you know what I do? I give them advice even though if they don't ask me. One simple thing, for example, if your baby is not a good sleeper, you, you put in the milk a little bit whiskey. <laughs> yeah. It works, they sleep for hours, yeah. I know it's not a good advice, but it works. So, have you ever seen if you have a baby and you're tired for babysitting, you can buy in Solando a hand. And here's the picture, it's like a hand. That means you can play PlayStation and the kids is happy. Or you're going out, you can buy for the kids' bed a special roof and the kids cannot walk out. And if the kids have a Swiss knife, because every Swiss people have a Swiss knife, he cuts the roof. Here is a new invention you can put electric, and it works. And when I speak to the parents about this idea, they say, are you crazy? No, I just want to save you, I just want to help you. And here's my point, this triangle called the drama, the drama triangle. And the drama triangle is very dangerous. And for a lot of people in this building, I want to say to you, stop the drama. Because the drama is very dangerous. The drama is the place where God is in, when the Holy, no, when the devil is involved. It's called like, have you ever heard about the Bermuda Triangle? Where ships and planes are just lost? If you don't stop, the drama triangle, some families get lost, some marriages going lost, some people you cannot find them anymore because the drama triangle, it's so much drama and the drama triangle means there are unhealthy relationships. Stop the drama, stop the drama, stop the drama. Can you hear you? Stop the drama. Microchurch, stop the drama. So how can you do it smarter and better? And here is another triangle, and I want to say to you guys, this is how you can have a healthy, strong, 
relationship. Here's a triangle. In the middle, it's not the word drama. It's the word empowerment. Our job as a Christians, when you have a small group or you have a discipleship group, we want to empower people to flourish in God, right? That's our job. I want to see that my wife, my kids, my small group, the church is flourishing, empowering in God. Now for the victim, and check this out, victim becomes a creator from a problem to a problem solving. When you're a victim, don't say, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not gifted enough. Don't ever say that anymore. Just say, how can I create a world where God is in and I flourishing and blooming and blossoming? That means you ask the question, the question what is my next small next action step, how I can come out of my victim zone. For example, many, many years ago, I was in the school and uh, we had, everyone had to make a speech for eight minutes. And I could not talk in front of people. Now I know if I speak about that, you say, I cannot believe it. But I could not talk in front of people. I get so red. And I said to my teacher, I cannot, I cannot do that. You give me, you give me, um, a bad note, but I, I cannot do it, actually. And he asked me, which area are you passionate about? I said, I'm a guitar player. I'm a musician. And he said, and you speak about that you're not able to do it. You're like a victim. But what could be if you do something you feel passionate about it? Then I spoke about music, and I could speak in front of 25 people for the very first time, and I felt so comfortable. And God was saying, if you speak about your passion, about God and leadership and church, that's the moment when you can preach up to thousands of people. And I just want to challenge you, if you're a victim, whatever reason it is, don't stick in that corner. Think for a moment, Holy Spirit, what could be my next action step, how I can solve my problem? The persecutor become a challenger. Don't criticize all the time. If you criticize your kids all the time, your wife all the time, your husband all the time, your pastor all the time, your nation all the time, you know what, is, what will happen if you criticize people all the time? You are alone. People will not stick with you because you are a nightmare. And a lot of people say, stop the drama. Stop criticizing all the time. It's nothing wrong to give a feedback, but you not, not have not the gifting of feedback all the time. For everything is a season. And you ask the people, if you see something they could do better, ask them, do you want to have a challenge? People love challenges, right? The bucket challenge, the ice challenge, the insta challenge, the TikTok challenge, the dance challenge. We are a challenge generation. Ask them, can I challenge you? If they say yes, you give them a solid challenge. I remember when... Some people in our church, in the international celebration, they asked me, can you give you a feedback? I said, yes, you can. I accept the challenge, but only three feedback a week. Not five, because Adidas has three strings. I cannot handle more. God, the Father, Holy Spirit, three is enough. But three every week, it's a good challenge. And the other thing is, blame to advertisement means, the problem is, if you always see something negative by people, that means you're going from relationship to relationship and you will never find the perfect church, you'll never find the perfect wife. That means you stick for a moment and you ask the Holy Spirit, let me see in my wife, in my kids, the potential. What is the, the fingerprint of God? 
Because criticizing is something what you can do already. But what is the gifts and the fingerprints of God Almighty? If you are a rescuer, become a coach. But you can only coach those people that ask you for coaching. And that's my challenge because in my challenge is difference. I have so many nuggets. When I speak with people, when I talk with people, when I sit with people, I have always a nugget to share. And my nugget is so good and so awesome and so helpful. And I want to rescue with my coaching nuggets. Do you feel what I want to talk about? And God said to me, no, you are not the solution. I said, really, God? But I have so many nuggets. No, no, no. You are not the solution. You only can coach people if they're willing for coaching. If they don't ask you for advice, don't give a coaching feedback because they're not receiving anything. I tell you, I gave a church in Asia a coaching feedback, how they can do better. They received the coaching and I've never seen them anymore. They felt like dishonored and I learned it in a hard way, even though if you have an inside or a prophetic word, ask people, are you open for a feedback, for a coaching? If yes, praise the Lord, is no, I trust God that he doing the coaching as well. And that's a big difference between empowerment means I want to learn from a victim to a creator, from a prescutor to a challenger, from a rescue to coach. This is a healthy relationship and the drama triangle, it's not healthy and you destroy a lot of friendships in your life. I want to close the message with a story. I have a coach and I went there every three months for coaching and he always asked me, what, what's, what's your problem? And I just share a little bit what's, 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 what's struggling in, in my family, in the church, in my leadership, whatever. And every time when, when I spoke for 50 minutes, he wrote down notes and notes and notes and notes. I think, why oh my goodness, it's not stopping writing. And I said, why is writing all the time? After 50 minutes, he took a blackboard and he drew always a, 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 a statistic. And then he asked me, in all what you shared, what is the point? What is the one thing where God puts his finger on? And he asked me the question. In the beginning he said, I don't know. I come back in one month. He said, no, no, no. Right now you have an insight from God, a feeling you know what is the trigger point. And then said, for example, I should not be so rude to people, for example. Then he will ask me, what will be the next step to be a nicer person? And I said, I don't know. Too many questions in one hour. He asked me, you cannot leave this building until you come out with an action step. And then I had to define the action step. Then he asked me, and what will be the date until you managed your challenge? And I asked him, why are you doing that? Why have to come up with a solution and action steps and a date? He said, too many people coming to my coaching, they pay a lot of money 
And I like the money. But I'm not a coach for the money. I want to empower people. And if people are coming to me and they make the decision and the extra steps and the date, and they're coming back after three months and they haven't changed anything, you cannot coach them. Then I leave the people where they are. And I never heard such a hard feedback. I said, but usually people, they're selling like a coaching a ticket for 1,000 coachings. He said, when you're coming back after three months and you haven't done your action steps, you don't have to come for next coaching anymore. And this is a little bit when you preach and teach in a church, people hear something. The Holy Spirit is touching you. You know exactly what is your drama triangle. What is your point? And I don't want to leave these celebrations or you going home without making a clear decisions and action steps and a date so that you can increase and being a better version in the kingdom of God. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, Please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship. They, that podcast could be a very, very cool thing. Just share the link because it's pretty, pretty easy. And I'm looking forward to see you again. Tune in and God bless you and see you soon. Bye-bye.